First, we're going to do the nugget. Love sacrifices all things to bless the things it loves. That is a... Can you all smile? Just smile at me. I saved you. I'll talk to you later. Love sacrifices all things to bless the thing it loves. When I read this in the bed last night, because Pastor always gives the nuggets, I thought about you. That When that came, forgive me for any statements I made up to this. Heather, rewind the tape. There's no tape? Oh, did you? You did. Oh, thank you so much. Love sacrifices all things to bless the things it loves. So... You know if you're sacrificing everything, if you give before yourself to someone else. That's what Jesus did, amen? Okay, Father, I just, anything that I said that could be disturbing, I just ask you to forgive me, amen. Okay, the Apostle Paul recognizes the greatness of the Lord Jesus. Paul confessed that at one time he had been the worst of sinners persecuting those who followed Jesus Christ however after he came into the greatest greatness of salvation he could say that Jesus Christ was alive on the inside of him and great blessings were moving through him you know we've all done stuff before we were Christians but can you imagine being called to do what Paul did and how much the enemy tried to harass him for killing Christians, for having Christians killed. And that's why when we read his writings, we look at his writings and we think, Lord, we need to listen to what he has to say in the epistles because he pushed his way over that no matter how much the enemy harassed him. So we've all had things that the enemy harasses us with, and today we need to just leave it, say that it's over, it's done with. So God's word is greater than all the words ever spoken or written. There isn't anything like the life, the love, the power, the greatness in the spirit of God in his word. So we all know that, that his word is greater than any words ever spoken or written. In Luke 4, 4, the Bible says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Every word of God speaks, has his life, and he, his greatness in it. So we can't live by bread alone. We can't. How many have ever had a, a sandwich, a stale sandwich am I the only one <laughs> you know we when we when we sit down to eat we're hungry we should have even a greater hunger for the word of God it never goes stale it doesn't it's it's always life there's the love the power the greatness and the spirit of God in his word Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Every word of God. Let's just turn there. It's Luke 4.4. 4. Every word. 
You know, as we were sitting there praising God this morning, I was thinking about Jesus. And he had talked to me before the service about prayer and how important prayer is to come together in prayer. I don't know where the notes to that are. They're somewhere, probably on the back of the thing. I was sitting there and I was thinking about how powerful just every time we come together, there's so much power that comes together because we're all full of the life of God. And I don't know if you ever think about that. And Jesus answered saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God, by every word of God, every word. So, you know, sometimes you read something in here and it's like when you go through the law, you you read it and you kind of get stuck in that. That's all they had. They had to meditate on that. They had to know that. And for us, when we get, we just go there and we're like, wow, you're reading through the Bible. It's like, I want to get through this part fast. But when we think of that, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. You know, this is, This is really, when you think about it, under the Old Covenant. Jesus, before he died, was under the Old Covenant. So they didn't have the New Testament then. They had the Old Covenant, the Old Covenant of God. And we are so much blessed that we get to read about the works that Jesus did on this earth and everything that he did. And how powerful, and then the, what the disciples did, what Paul did. We get to read about those things, how they overcame. So every bit of the word is important. And you can find things in the word to bless you in every aspect and area of your life. Amen? So Ezekiel twelve twenty-five. we'll turn there. How many have been um, reading your Bible and listening to it at the same time? Anybody be seeing? We, Pastor and I do this at night. Come on, Ezekiel. I'm here. 1086 if you have a Bible like ours. Uh, 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 1068. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Ezekiel 12:25. For I'm the Lord and I will speak and the word that I speak shall come to pass. It shall be no more prolonged for in your days. O rebellious house, o rebellious house will, I, will I say the word and will, and will perform it, saith the Lord God. For I am the Lord God and I will speak and the word that I shall speak shall be performed, come to pass. It shall no more be delayed or prolonged for in your days. I want you to take that and, every, and stand on that because Jesus said, 
every man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Every word that God speaks has life in it. His greatness is in it. And we need to take that scripture today. For I am the Lord thy God. I will speak and the word that I speak shall not speak shall come to pass. It shall be no more prolonged. It shall be no more prolonged. What was that word we looked up last night that was in the Bible? Do you remember what that was? I'd never heard of it before and we looked it up. I can't remember. God's greatness has no limits. There are no limits to God's greatness. None. You know, when we, when we open our mouths and we say, it can't happen, or I can't see that, or anything with can't in it, when it comes to the word of God, it's a dangerous spot. It's a dangerous word to speak. Anything connected with the word of God should not have a can't in it. Because he says, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen. So anything that has to do with God's word should never have a can't in it. Okay? I can't. I just can't do that. Yeah, you can do all things in anything. You might have to build yourself up to that place. But you can do all things through Christ. So I will speak and the word that I shall speak shall come to pass. God speaks and what he says comes to pass because he is God. Never doubt him. He is the Lord God Almighty. Never doubt what his word tells you. You know, it might take years. It took, I look at Abraham and Sarah and it took years, and they kind of messed it up there when they decided to bring the Egyptian woman home with them and then have children by her. They couldn't wait. You know, how many times have we gotten older and whatever, and the situation hasn't changed, and there's the temptation that I can't wait? Well, if God's promised something to you, then it's going to happen. Amen? God's greatness has no limits. Write that down wherever you are. God's greatness has no limits. In Isaiah 66, 1, that should be real easy to find. Is Ezekiel the one that they used to think talked about flying saucers where it talks about all the things that are round pardon oh my gosh when we first got saved the interpretation of scripture was pretty odd <laughs> let me tell you do you remember that Nada? <laughs> that was in the 70s during the Jesus movement Isaiah what did I say or am I? Isaiah 66, 1. Yep. I remember Ezekiel and being a brand new Christian and thinking, what are they talking about? Okay. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne 
and the earth is my footstool. Where is, my, is the house that you build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? Praise you, Jesus. Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Man may think he is control of many things on earth, living only in the five physical senses. Men will not see the greatness of God in their lives. The five physical senses of man must work with faith to see the greatness of God. So your five physical senses have to work with faith. What you see, what you hear, what you taste, what you touch, and what you smell. Did I get them all right? Has to line up with the word. Now, has anybody ever drank sour milk? You know, it doesn't take you to drink the whole glass before you figure out. There's, if it does, there's something wrong with your sense realm, okay, to figure out this is rotten. Well, it doesn't take you very long to figure out when someone is not walking with the Word of God. The first thing they're going to tell you is, I don't need a church. I don't need to attend a church. You know, there's... Soul winning, when you go out soul winning, you hear everything. Amen. Everybody should get a taste of that. Jeremiah 32, 27. Get excited. He's telling us some good stuff here today. You know that one on, on uh, the delayed one? Some of us need to get that one out and, and uh, start talking to the Lord about that. Or just speaking it out. I don't know, in the last month the Lord's told me to sp start speaking some things out of your mouth that you haven't been speaking forth. Because the minute we speak the word of God, it puts it, it's, begins to put it in operation to work in our lives, whatever we're believing for or speaking forth. Amen? Amen. Jeremiah 32, 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? No, Lord. Is there anything too hard for me? Some of us need to write that somewhere that we look at things, maybe on your desk or wherever. Is there anything too hard for me? The Lord is asking you, in your, is your case too hard for me? Is that sickness or disease or whatever too hard for me to heal or cure? Is it too hard for me to give you abundant life? Is there any situation or circumstance that is impossible that I cannot solve? This is God asking us these things. I've provided for you to have life, given you faith to receive it. Okay, you need to write these things down. He's provided for you to have life. 
and he's given you faith to receive it. He's provided for you to have life. Remember, you were given the measure of faith when you were born again. So it's like everybody got the, the same measure, okay? Everybody got it. It's like Jesus said, this is the measure of faith, and you're all starting out with this measure, okay? It's, well, now, what are you going to do with it? Remember the, the story about the parable about the three people that were given certain amounts of money and what, what they did with it? Well, this is the measure of faith. So he said, I've given, I've provided for you. Hang on a minute, I'm going to go back to this. I've provided for you to have life, given you faith to receive it. I've given you the love to know my deliverance is real. So we need to start using it. You know, when you get a gift, you can either put it in a box and look at it once in a while, or you can start using it. It's a choice. You know, if, if you get a gift and you don't use it, use it, then pass it on to somebody else that will. You ever thought about that? Well, I don't use that. Then give it to someone else that will. Because the gift keeps going on. You cannot outgive God. I saw yesterday our neighbor across the street. I mean, she had a lot of stuff. I mean, I wasn't sitting there watching what was coming out of her house, but, you know, I don't know if she passed away or not, but they were clearing her house out, and um, which was sad to me. It's a big house, but the things she had were nice, and I was talking about someone yesterday. All that stuff, we can't take it with us. I remember one time, Pastor did a funeral. This is years ago. You don't even know. So, and they, they had relatives stay at the graveyard to make sure no one, what was it, stole things out of the casket or stole the, I don't remember. It was something crazy. So they didn't come to the, the thing after until the person was buried into the ground. Someone had to stand and watch. I know. I, I thought about writing a book, but I'm going to need a ghostwriter. Okay. <laughs> John 4.24. <laughs> There's stuff you guys don't know. You're, it's a good thing. I mean, I'm... <laughs> Pastor just sits kind of sometimes I just... Not, you know, I'm not talking about you guys, but other folks that call and need help. I just jump, sometimes I have to shake my, I just shake my head. If you ever see me just shaking my head, you'll know I don't have something wrong with me. It's just, some things are just too hard to believe. John 4, 4. Where are those cups, Terry? Out, out. You demon of stupidity, was that it? 
she brought me a cup. I told her, I better not keep this cup. And we thought later we should all have, she should have bought the whole bunch. Okay, John 4.4. 4. Pardon? 4.24, I'm sorry. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So if you're a worshiper of God, you're going to be worshiping him in spirit and in truth. God's word is always going to be in there. You know, if you ever go in a place where they're not worshiping Jesus, you're going to know it. I mean, trust me, my dad's funeral, when they were talking about it, the dear dead doctor that went to, now is something else and went somewhere else, those people in there knew that he and I, I had just been saved, were not the same as them. I wanted to get out of there so fast. God is spirit and they worship him. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. How great is greater? Have you ever thought upon on that scripture? Greater. It's as great as it can get. There's nothing higher. There's not a thing that's higher than, than he who's in us. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He will lift you up if you stumble. He's your counselor, your guide, your friend, your constant companion. He will never leave you nor forsake you. It's time to agree with God. Greater is he who lives inside of you than he that's outside in the world this thing in the world yap 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 you know people get on cycles okay it's a spirit let me be honest with you they can't let go of something it's like a you know how many have ever watched a dog with a bone and you cannot get that bone from that dog no matter what ours are not into bones so they don't know what to do if you put a bone down for our dogs and they look at it we tried it once. They looked at it like, what is it? It was like a rib bone. It was like, what is it? I had no idea. But have you ever seen a big dog with a bone and, and you try to get that thing from him? Well, it's time to agree with God. Greater is he who lives in you. We say it, but do we believe it? Because if from the inside out, that means things have to be fixed and are being fixed from the inside out. He's not on the outside trying to get in. He's on the inside trying to move. In him we live and move and have our being. Well. In us, he lives and moves and has his being. That's exciting when you think of that. In Galatians 5.22, sometimes we get concerned because someone looks like, you know, one of our kids or something looks like, you're not going to make it through this. Trust me, 
God knows exactly how to get each person. How many know that? You know, some of you were blessed to live in Christian homes or in homes where at least God's name was revered. I never heard God's name outside of a cuss word. I'm being honest. I didn't, I didn't hear that in our home. And so when I came to find God, Jesus, that Jesus wasn't a cuss word, that who he really was, I was amazed. I was, God is awesome. In Galatians 5.22, Pastor knows what a mess I was. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, faith. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. He's all the rest of those, but he's love, joy, and peace. Where there's no peace, when the enemy takes that love, joy, and peace out of, the, out of the picture, that's when panic attacks start and people start feeling like they're not themselves. That's why we have to keep the word built up in us constantly. So joy is among the fruit of the Spirit. Enjoy his blessings, for greater is he that's in you. So God wants you to be joyful. You know, when you deal with people that are depressed, it's, it's a horrible thing. Jesus came to set the captives free. Jeremiah 29, 11. How many can quote that? Anybody? Would you raise your hand, Law? For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace, and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. In your final outcome. How many of you know that there are areas in every, every one of our lives that we are sojourning through? I mean, some days, they're not real pleasant in the natural. But the final outcome is there's going to be joy. And I don't mean when you die, okay? For I, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, and to give you an expected end. Thank you, Father. So while you're going through it so many times, the temptation is there to say, I can't stand this anymore. This is ridiculous. When we do that, and we've all done it, that 
makes the devil go, oh boy, I know that I'm really bugging them. I know that I am really bugging them now. So I'm just going to heat it up. Remember when the three Hebrew children were going to be thrown in the furnace? What the, what the, what's his name said? I can't even think of his name. Heat it up seven times more. So take this scripture when you're going through something. Watch your words in the situation. Don't find someone you can, you can um, commiserate with. Find the word of God. Find someone that, that you can speak the word. We're, we're all, okay, I'm going to tell you, we're all guilty of this. And today in our minds, in our spirit, we need to say, this is the day that I lay this down. How many know that there are things in your life, there comes a time, this is where it talks about the babies and when you grow up, there comes a time where you say, this is the day that I lay this thing down. And I don't want it. It's like a pile of poop to you. I know that's a bad way to explain it, but this is the day that it's over. Because I do not want to be the one to cause the bless end to come and take longer than it should. By our words we're justified, by our words are condemned. So let's look at this scripture again, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. I know the thoughts in the Amplified and the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil to give you hope in your final outcome. Then you will call upon me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear and heed you. You know, I'm going to, this, oh, I've just got to get it out. I may as well. I'm sitting back at the back table today while in prayer, and the Lord started talking to me to share this. So I don't think it was all to me. So I'm, I'm going to share it because he loves us. How important is church prayer? Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Jesus was trying to teach the disciples to pray the very last night of his time with them, right before they came to get him. And he kept going over and he told that he kept telling them pray with me pray with me because he knew that this was the most important thing that they needed to do and he was trying to teach them he was praying so hard that he dropped he had sweats of blood dropping from him 
I want to tell you, they could have learned so much in prayer that night. I mean, he came back, he was upset. He said, couldn't you just pray with me an hour? He wanted to teach them how to pray. He wanted to show them how to, prayer is caught, okay? He wanted to show them himself how to pray. They blew it. Because when they came to get him, it was too late. Peter grabbed a, a, a sword and cut off the person. There. That was the last thing that Jesus needed when he's getting ready to go and take the sin of the world on himself and go to hell, was to have to stand there and heal, pull, pick up an ear and put it on someone's head. If they had been prayed up, that would have never happened. Jesus was trying to teach the disciples to pray that night. The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight and two can put 10,000. So when you come together, when we come together, you get people that know how to pray and they come together in corporate prayer then God can do much. Now, Pastor and I are praying right now, and this is what you can pray. We have a hundred of these chairs, that every one of these chairs are going to be filled with strong, faithful, committed adults. And we're asking you to pray that with us. What, what is your prayer on this? Hungry, faithful, tithing adults that are hungry for the word and want to go out and, and share the gospel. So in Matthew 21, 13, let's look there. These are the things he told me when we were praying this morning. I didn't have this in me when I came. He said to them, the scripture says, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. That's horrible. My house shall be called a house of prayer. How important is prayer? Let's look at Isaiah 56, 7. On Sunday mornings, we have prayer for an hour, and that's when we come together, and we should all be here. I mean, I, I'd like to sleep in. I got, went to bed at, I got, went to bed at 12 last night fell asleep and woke up at three and that was it. I don't know what it is about three, but I guess that's the prayer time that I figured three o'clock here is six o'clock in Washington. And that's probably about the time that President Trump is getting up. Okay. All right. 56, seven. Even them will I bring to my holy mountain 
and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be acceptable upon mine altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. Glory to God. Brother Hagen, before he died, talked about in the last days, right before Jesus comes, that there would be a remnant of word of faith people praying that will turn it around. I sat there, I remember when he said it, and I sat there thinking, a remnant? The word of faith at that time was the most popular movement. People were, were grabbing onto the word of faith because they saw that the word was true. And now we see people that used to be word of faith that they're, I don't know what, they're into all kinds of stuff. And he, when he said a remnant, I thought, a remnant? Praying will turn it around. So we're a remnant that need to be praying together to turn this around. This city is very important to God. He told us when we came here, I am sending you to a city whose builder and maker is God. And then he told me, I've got it written down in a, in a book, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. Well, I didn't, you know, I didn't even think about she was going to be older. <laughs> I mean, she was old enough. I mean, but we need to come together, set our alarms earlier and come together and pray together. I mean, that's, that's just, God is, you say, what's your vision? That's our vision right now is to pray together. See these hundred chairs, there's not hundred up in here filled. See this city turned around for Jesus Christ. This church is a hospital. People that come receive what, they, what they're supposed to get. And they need to stay and go out and bring in others to receive. And so that's the vision right now for this year. Jeremiah 7-11. this house which is called by my name become a den of robbers in your eyes. Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. So his house had become, not this one, but his house had become full of a den of robbers. And when you hear about things, the calls that I get from pastors and things and text things, what's going on in their church, it's, it's just full of all kinds of things that's unbelievable, okay? Thank, I thank God for you, every one of you. He promised his very best. But you're not all of them that are supposed to be here. 
How many know that? I mean, you're the very best. You're the foundation, but the rest are supposed to come. And we need, we're the pastors. We need the church praying that the rest are going to get in here. Praying and doing whatever. Invite your friends. If they're going to hell, invite them. Well, I don't know, you know, I just don't know if I want people that are working with me. Well, let me tell you, if you get people that are working with you saved and full of the word of God, then it's going to be much easier for you at work than to have them believe in something else and, and weird, okay? I'm just going to be honest with you. They'll think a lot more of you if, they, if you get saved, if you get them saved and get them to church so they can get a, get a hold of the word. Okay. The first thing that we want to hire, I will tell you outside of us, is a praise and worship leader out of Rodney's Praise and Worship School. Okay. So Jesus came to set the captives free in Jeremiah 29, 11. God has a plan for your life. Why not take it? I mean, it's that simple. He has a plan for your life. Take it. Don't let, don't let the enemy rob from you. Tell him, you know, it might look like you can rob from me, but you can't. It's, it's his plan for your life, and his plan for your life is not lack. Your, his plan for your life is not to be stolen from. We can either sit back, take it, and get rolled over, or jump up and say no. Why be satisfied with anything less than God's plan? I'm just, God is being really blunt with us this morning. Why struggle against the will of God? Trust me, I've been there before. Some Christians fight against God's will and he wants them to stop. Come on out of depression, oppression, and despair and into freedom for Jesus has set us free. In Psalms 46.10, you know, I love the way this is written. God has a plan for your life. Why not take it? You know, have you ever sat there? Have you ever been lost and there was two ways to go? This way or that way? Pastor got lost one time when he dropped me off at my friend's whose husband had died and he had the boys with him. And he got the wrong direction somehow. Well, they were wandering around and Buddy and Benjamin ate McDonald's hamburgers and french fries. I couldn't believe it. I thought, they're eating hamburgers and french fries. They enjoyed it. You, could, you know, you can't bring a hamburger in the house without Benjamin going happy. He thinks it's a happy meal time. So, so... God has a plan. Say this with me. God has a plan for me, for my life. I am going to take it. 
Why be satisfied with anything less than God's plan and why struggle against the will of God? Psalms 46.10. Did we do that one? You all know this one. I hope you're getting something out of this today. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathens. I will be exalted in the earth. Thank you, Jesus. Let be and be still and know, recognize and understand that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. This is the time, this is the hour right now. Everything looks completely opposite, but this is the hour when God wants to be exalted in the earth. And if we're part of the remnant that's praying to take this thing back, then let's give it with it. Jump up and, and get excited about prayer. prayer. Prayer is the most exciting thing alongside with the word, prayer is exciting. When you start seeing every prayer that you pray come to pass, because that's the way it's supposed to be if it's prayed according to the word, it's exciting. You can't wait for the next one. Be still and see his mighty power in action. He says, be still and know I am God. Compare that which comes against you with greater is he that is in you and no God can carry you through the stormiest trials. Don't let the enemy fool you anymore that the prison door and chains keep you from being set free. You can walk out at any time. You have the authority in you to walk in a room and say, peace be still in Jesus name situation turn around in Jesus name I don't care what comes against you but if the devil can get you downtrodden and out of faith and in unbelief that's exactly where he wants to be you know sometimes things happen and you just have to keep standing and standing and marching on no matter what, you have to look at the other side. The end of the thing is much greater than the beginning. Amen? Don't let the enemy fool you anymore. Psalms 107, 19 and 20 says, They cried unto the Lord, and he sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from every destruction. Did you know that you can walk away from the enemy's illusions at any time? Do you know why we don't so many times? Because we've become so used to it. When we get so used to the enemy's harassment and just say, it's easier to sit here and do nothing than to fight against it, there's something wrong. You know, I always think about the, the children of Israel 
Saul and his group standing there with the giant, threatening them, and them all fearful. And David comes with the lunches for his brothers and said, What? What? Who is that big mouth? I'm going to paraphrase this. Who is that big mouth that's coming against Israel? Who is that? You guys all have swords and whatever. Why is he up there coming against you and having you shaking? So he asked, what am I going to get for taking him out? Smart man. Well, we know what God, what God says. If we do his will, what he's going to do to us, he's going to bless us abundantly. What's in it? He was going to do it anyway, but he wanted to know what's this, this king willing to give to whoever goes out there and takes out this enemy because I've been up there killing bears and things or lions or whatever. So this, this nut is nothing. That's the attitude, church, we have to put on. This is nothing. I look at our dear president right now and the stuff that he goes through. He's just a baby Christian. How would you like to have all those lunatics on you? But I will tell you, I knew when I heard that he sat under Norman Vincent Peale all his life, because all Norman Vincent Peale did was teach on, on positive thinking. And I knew this man cannot think negative. It's not in him. He can about all the enemies, but when it comes to, to what he can do through Christ, it's not in him to think the negative. Well, did you think, did Jesus ever think negatively? No. We can walk away from the enemy's illusions at any time. God didn't promise you oppression, depression, despair, and fear, etc. God promised you joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. He promised you faith. He promised you love that would cast out all fear. In 1 John 4.18. I'm going to be honest. The reason why most of us are not operating in this is because our prayer life is not what it should be. I'll be honest, if your prayer life is not what it should be, your word life is not going to be what it should be. Because the two go hand in hand. Because you're going to pray the word. <clears throat> Amen. I know this might not be the most popular sermon in the world, but I don't care. If God gives it to me, I'll preach it. 4.18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, but fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Fear is a horrible thing. 
Galatians 5.25, if we live in the Spirit, we will walk in the Spirit. Let's look there, Galatians 5.25. We're winding it down really fast. See, I don't have any fear. Ask Jesus someday. Just sit down and ask him. Are there any areas that I have fear in my life? Take a pencil on paper. It's funny. You have him listen to his Bible and reading it. You've got me listening to my Bible. And we both are taking notes at different times. It's, it's really interesting to watch Pastor when revelation knowledge hits him. He stops it because he has earplugs in. Um, stops it and starts writing. And then he talks to me and we talk about it after. Galatians 5.25 If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Praise you, Jesus. Hebrews 10.38 Now the just shall live by faith. The just, let's turn there, Hebrews. So for the just, there's no other way to live. Amen. Amen. Now you're going to be working with some weird people. I mean, just know that if they don't know Jesus, they're going to be weird. I mean, there's some good people that don't know Jesus. But now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But the just shall live by faith. My righteous servant shall live by his conviction, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. And holy fervor, born of faith, and can join with it. And if he draws back, he shrinks in fear. My soul has no delight or pleasure in him. That's heavy. There aren't too many places where God says that I don't delight in you. But if you don't, if you don't walk by faith, he's saying, it, he's saying it himself. But if any man draw back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So he expects us to live, walk by faith. No matter what the... Yeah, you might be in pain. You might be going through, through something. But you still live by faith. Because you know the end is better than, than the beginning. Accidents happen. You just walk through them. In John 5, 6, God is giving all of us enough today to, um, like, make a map for this week 
and um, put it together. And put it together where you see that things have to change. Let's go up to verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went to Jerusalem. Now there was in Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bassidia, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk and blind, halt, withered, waiting for a moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water, and whoever then first, whoever then first after the troubling the water stepped in was made whole, or what's or whatsoever disease he had, and a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie. And knew that he had been been now a long time in that case. He saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man, now listen, listen, listen to where this man's faith was. This man's faith was in man. Okay? And the impotent man answered him, Sir... I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But when I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. And we know this, that the Pharisees and Sadducees got mad because this man got healed on the Sabbath. But do you think they got mad at the person that made it to the pool first? If it was on the Sabbath? Bunch of nuts. I'm Jesus says, wilt thou be made whole? This is a choice. You know? He didn't have a friend that was willing to come sit down there with him and then pick him up and get him in the water. Now, he could have sat there all day and had his legs in the water, but this guy was 38 years old. That's a young person now. Used to be old, but that's a young, you know. But his trust was... Wow, that's about half my age almost, but whatever. His trust was in a man coming and picking him up and putting him in the pool. That's not how God saw it. What God was saying, rise up, be healed. Now, what's it take to get yourself from 38 years of this to rise up and get healed? One word 
from God will change your life forever. I stole that from Gloria Copeland. But it will. Rise up and walk. That's powerful. Here this man was waiting. Wilt thou behold? This is a choice. All you have to do is reach out. Accept the invitation, his word. Jesus came to set the captives free. Jesus did not fail in his mission. Jesus, I don't care what kind of captive. Whatever kind of captive a person, captivity a person is in, Jesus came to set them free. Doesn't, could, you know, you might feel captive in your job. Well, he has an answer. How many know that? He has an answer. Prayer, the word. He did not fail in his mission. Why do we act like he did? This is hard stuff, man, I'm telling you. Learn to walk in the Spirit. Learn of him. Blessings will follow, follow him. Blessings from him will follow. In John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Greater is he that's in you. Greater is he. Greater is he. He gives you his divine presence. He lives not on the outside, but on the inside of us. He lives with his love, joy, peace, grace, and faith. Psalms 103, 2 and 3. We should all be able to quote this. Can you quote enough Bible to get yourself out of a mess? I mean, I'm asking all of you. Say you were in a, in a corner or in a room and a demon-possessed person came in. You have enough word in you to... Do you believe you have enough word in you to overtake that person by the word of God? Oh, demons are stupid, I'm telling you. One, oh, three, two, and three. I'm just telling you, are you confessing the word? Do you have the word in you? Uh, you know, I've all told you about the first time the demon-possessed person the two witches that came to the church and they took them in the back room and they were coughing and carrying on and howling and growling and I ran to the back of the church. Me, I ran to the back and Pastor had was working that night and when, I, when he got home I told him, I said, I don't want any part of that stuff at all. 
I was the only one that ran to the back of the church. You can all laugh. That's hilarious. Psalms 103, <laughs> 2 and 3. Bless affectionately, well, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed by, like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. Glory to God. I've got written in my Bible, my mouth can only be satisfied with the word. God has given you everything you need. Why act as though you have nothing? How big is your God? 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. How big is your God? Greater is he. Greater is he. Victory is ours. It's already been paid for. It's already been paid for. The light of God's gospel shines into the darkest corners of the earth and penetrates into the darkest realm to set the captives free. Amen. Jesus came not to judge the world, but to save it. You know, a lot of Christians think Jesus came to judge people. No, he came to not judge the world, but to save the world. If people quit judging, they'll get people saved. Amen? Now let's look at Psalm 6835. I don't think I gave, I have two more here that I wrote down. It might be, I don't know if it was something else that I wrote down, but they're written on my page, so. I'm always writing scriptures all over, whatever. Today's the day to lay it down. How many remember what we're laying down today? Anybody? Arlene's over there taking good notes. I'll bet she knows. Anybody remember the thing you're supposed to lay down today? Did I sit here for an hour? <laughs> you want this sermon again next week? Everything holding you in bondage. And every voice. You can't do that. Who says you can't do that? You know, the, I'm talking about voices. It's over for you. No, it's not. As long as you're alive, it's not over. And even if you die and you want to be raised from the dead, you can be raised from the dead. I personally don't. You, you know, if that happens, you got... Ten minutes to do it in. 
what did I say? Psalm 68.35. Oh God, awe-inspiring, profoundly impressive, and terrible are you of your holy place. The God of Israel himself give us strength and fullness and might to his people, blessed be God. One, one translation talks about God being an awesome God. He's awesome. In Exodus 14, 14. I love this one. Listen to this one. The Lord will fight for you. And you shall hold your peace and remain at rest. This is your scripture for the week. The Lord will fight for you. How many have ever stood on this scripture? And you shall hold your peace and remain at rest. Praise you, Jesus. If, you have G if you've got the Lord fighting for you, you don't need anybody else. It says, hold your, you know, too many times the Lord's fighting and we've got to put our, our what in there is shut up and watch. I like to watch sometimes. Just what, okay, what are you going to do? You know, if you ever go to a hospital or a nut house or whatever with me or the prison, I kind of sit back and watch first what's going to, you know, what's going to go on. You know, it says watch and pray. And um, I sit there and watch and, and talk to God. Well, what do you want me to do? I'm told about the story that we were called to go to Atascadero State Hospital and we got locked behind three cell blocks or whatever they were, I don't know, doors. The pastor's looking at me like, oh, guy, why did you bring me here? And um, then the, the guard just walked away and left us in there with the person. And this is funny, and I'll leave this one. And the man started telling us how he met Jesus, and that that um, Jesus didn't he say he taught Jesus how to use utensils? And pastors across the behind the guy looking at me like, don't say a word, just don't, don't, because he watched the person toddle away. Just don't, just, if they want to believe that, let them believe it. And I said, no, no, you didn't. <laughs> and um, it was quite interesting talking to him about Jesus. 
I'm not going to sit there and have someone tell me that G they taught Jesus, picked Jesus up on the road and taught him how to use utensils. I don't care how crazy they are. It's up to us to give them the word. Amen? So God will fight for you. There's three people in here this morning that need that scripture, that the thing looks impossible, and you need to take that scripture before it. Three people. I know one. I don't know the other two. That God is telling you today, he's telling all of us, but he's telling three people in here specifically, God will fight for you. He's telling all of us, but there's three that are in, a, that are in situations right now that they need God to fight for them. And he wants me to tell you, he is fighting for you right now. Don't give up. Don't just say there's no hope. There is never no hope. There is always hope as long as God is, as long as you're here. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that whoever hears this sermon was blessed by it. Whoever takes this sermon today and puts it down like a road map for them for this week, you are going to reveal things to them that they never saw before in their circumstance and situation. As you just said it. So, Father, I'm asking you to super naturally bless this congregation, these people, in everything they do. And as we pray for all hundred chairs that we have to be filled with strong, faithful, committed, hungry adults, and also all the children's church fit to be filled, but we're talking about the adults. I thank you, Father God, as we all come together and pray that we will see supernatural things take place in people's lives in this congregation. And we thank you for this. And I ask you to go with each one in Jesus' name, amen. And if anybody wants me to put the sermon back there so you can copy the, the notes, just tell me now.